How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Fu Show. I'm your host, Coach Ali Fu Show. In today's episode, this is an episode that I really wish that I was able to listen to um, when I was a teenager because today's episode is going to be about the best exercises for teenagers. So, when I was a teenager, when I'd be working out, it'll be all over the place. Like, like really looking back, I don't really recall any strict program or any structure. Not necessarily a program because teenagers, they don't really need a strict program or a named program. Instead, they just need proper structure, uh, proper guidance or just anything just to go any solid approach on how they should be going about their workouts because when i was a teenager back in high school um i had no idea what i was doing i just went to the gym i just copied whatever i saw like example i I looked at the biggest guy in the gym and then i saw that he would do like example the bench press okay i'll try to do the bench press if he did another exercise then i'll try to do a different exercise so back then i had no idea what i was doing and hopefully Today's episode would be helpful to any teenager out there that wants to um, like live a fitter life. So whether that be stronger, aesthetics, or anything else, or sports-related, that's something that we'd want to tackle in today. And of course, for teenagers, I think we can all agree that at that point in anyone's life, um, mo- you're only after two things. One, if you're a teenage boy, you're probably just after, you know, girls. You just want to look good. Uh, you want to look at your, you want to focus on your aesthetics. And the second thing is, especially if you're a teenage boy, or actually teenage girl, like if you're a teenager in general, um, you'd want to go to the gym probably for your sport. But I would say that majority of teenagers that do go to the gym, it's definitely going to be for aesthetics. And that's because for teenagers who are into sports, I think majority of them would rather just do the sport itself and they don't really care so much about um, the actual strength and conditioning. Athletes only really truly appreciate the benefit of strength and conditioning once they're older, once they're in college or past college. So it's unfortunate that a lot of teenagers when their sport, like while in high school, they don't know or they don't see the benefit quite yet of basic strength and conditioning but anyway i'll try to tackle all of those today and i would give my best recommendations on how a teenager can just you know overall get better at the gym whether that be for aesthetics or for um performance you guys might be wondering so is there really any major difference between how a teenager let's say when i say teenager let's just say 15 to 20 or actually like, you know, of course, teenager, the teens, I want, or you might be wondering, is there any physiological difference when it comes to the programming or like how a person would respond to different programming if they're a teenager versus them being in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, etc. Um, I would say not so much. <laughs> I mean, like, of course, teenagers can probably build more, um, the develop faster they might progress a bit faster compared to somebody in the 30s or 40s sure that might be a given uh but more than that there's actually something else that i would really want us to touch on when it comes to coaching a teenager versus coaching somebody who's you know into their well into their adulthood already but first things first i want to talk about 
Okay, and actually, you know what? Let me backtrack. I'll just talk about the major difference. Teenagers, specifically teenage boys, I can't speak much about teenage girls because obviously I I, I went to, for those of you who don't know, um, I went to Ateneo my entire life. Um, to those of you who are not in the Philippines, um, I, that is one of the all-boys school. Uh, back at that, back, at, back in my day, um, Ateneo was an all-boys school. Primarily just from um, preschool. They can even call prep preschool. Well, anyway, from elementary school all the way to high school, that was a all-boys school. Now I think they're co-education, so boys and girls. Uh, and even up all the way to college, uh, I was and I went to Ateneo. Um, but that time, it was co-ed already. So when I speak of teenage boys, I'm speaking of my experience of going to an all-boys school. I myself was an athlete as well. In high school, I was in the football team and judo team at that time. I wasn't, you know, the best in any of those teams, but I was just part of it. It was fun to be a part of a team. Um, so I will be coming from the perspective of a teenage boy, a generic teenage boy, a teenage boy who was into sports, and a teenage boy who, of course, at that time wanted to talk to a lot of girls or whatever, all right? So... The major thing that I would have told myself, my teenage self, and the advice that I give to a lot of teenagers now is that they should really take their time. Because a lot of boys rush when it comes to how much weight they want to lift or they just want to do this. They want to add 5, 10, 20 pounds each session because, of course, they feel like you know they're unstoppable. They feel like they can do anything they want in the gym. But, of course that they everyone will realize that after a few months that it's not sustainable to keep on lifting weights and they might get hurt they might develop bad habits and that's precisely the biggest difference that i've observed in the habits of a or the mindset of a teenager versus somebody who's like well into their adulthood like you know adult trainees Adult trainees, they see the benefit in taking their time because they've already had, you know, decades of experience of some joint pain, some joint issues. They know that they, if they rushed, they'd probably hurt themselves. Again, because right now I'm a coach, I'm a personal trainer whose, prim- who's, I guess, clientele or roster, the average age is going to be around 40 to 50. Um, all of these people that I'm coaching, they whether or not they were athletes in their past or they're starting out palang, they really appreciate taking their time because they're not in a rush. Teenagers, they for some reason feel that they're in a rush or that there's a lot of time pressure on them. So that's why they keep on going. And of course, the ego, the testosterone, especially at that time, they want to really go progress as fast as possible. I want to say delay it because... Delayed in the sense of adding weight. Because a lot of people, especially right now in the internet, with the teenagers nowadays, I'm happy that there's the internet that they'll be able to listen to a lot of different um, podcasts, hopefully like this. Uh, they'd listen to a lot of videos, but primarily, I guess, TikTok or Instagram stories or uh, YouTube shorts. Very short videos that give good advice, but not in its fullest context. So a lot of people... They would say, oh, this video told me that I have to go for progressive overload. And the number one thing or the one number one aspect of progressive overload that teenagers tend to absorb or just young lifters in general, they say add weight. 
Like, and that's what they absorb. They always have to add five pounds. They always have to add 10 pounds in each session. And though that is a good, ambitious goal, sometimes or often, more often than not, if you're a teenager, your goal is to re- really just prioritize technique first. Technique is going to be the number one thing that's going to allow you to be at your best as a teenager and to allow you to carry on that habit that lifestyle well into your 20s when you start working, well into your 30s when you're first a bit bit more, I guess, in your ways as an adult already. So it's really, really important that you go for technique. A lot of people might disagree with that because they might say, oh, if you're a teenager, definitely definitely take advantage of progressive overload specifically about the weights. Add weight as much as you can. And they're going to say, take advantage of that because of your testosterone, you're, you're going to puberty to go for that big spike in your gains. And though that is a valid claim, if you really want to look at it in the long term, you progressing 5 or 10 pounds a week will mean shit if your technique is shit. A lot of people, when they add weight, oh, this is true for everyone, for no, no matter what age you are or what um, lifter level or at- athletic level you are. If the weight is heavier... It's probably, oh no, no, I'll reset that. If the weight is heavier, it is definitely harder to maintain your technique. For teenagers, because they're rushing to keep on adding weight, they're probably going to lose their technique. They're probably going to destroy their technique and they're going to jeopardize their their technique all for the sake of adding 5 pounds or 10 pounds. But that's not precisely the point. Sure, you might walk out feeling accomplished, feeling fulfilled that you were able to lift 10 pounds heavier. But if you're to be very objective in how you perform those, that extra 10 pounds, that extra 5 or 10 pounds, technique was probably all over the place. So to make sure that you're actually progressing, make sure that your technique is good. And this is good advice for a teenager or for somebody who's an adult already. Technique above everything, but especially for a teenager, you don't want your ego to take over everything and just go rush for the heavier weight. So that's precisely why my biggest advice for somebody, for a teenager who wants to get into lifting, prioritize your technique first. Um, Another thing that I want to give advice to is just prioritize the basics. And as much as possible, again, coming from my background as a teenager, um, whose my whole life was, of course, revolving around, I mean, outside school itself, my whole life would revolve around how much allowance I had for the rest of the day. So, of course, the allowance was used for food or whatever, transfer or whatever. Um, so, of course, I didn't have that much of a... I didn't have the luxury of getting, you know, access to, like, gyms, etc. So, if a lot of teenagers nowadays share that same situation that access to the gyms are very limited, what you can do is just prioritize your body weight. And this is precisely why I have three major exercise or three big compound exercises that I want teenagers to do And I have two exercises that I would want them to do to make sure that they're still generally healthy. All right, so basically I have five exercise recommendations for teenagers. The first one would be very basic to do pull-ups. Pull-ups, chin-ups, neutral grip pull-ups or chin-ups, whatever you want to call it. Basically, I want you guys to be strong enough to pull your entire body weight. And so, of course, a lot of teenagers, they're of course still pretty light. I would say in my if I were to look back at my class or in my batch, I would say one third or one half of the class 
would be light enough to be able to do pull-ups right away. That's not because they're strong. It's just because they're teenagers. They're light. So they should, they do, uh, they, sorry, they do have the potential to lift themselves up. For the other half of the class, you know, who are a bit heavier, of course, I would still want you guys to lean towards training for that pull-up and how to do so. It's not by just keep on trying, like hanging on the bar, then just really trying to like push yourself to pull yourself up. That's not going to lead you anywhere. What I would recommend is to do any other pulling motion. If you have a light, for example, a lot of teenagers at home, you have light dumbbells. If you have resistance bands, anything that you you can use to have some resistance for pulling. So again, whether that be a kettlebell, dumbbell, barbell, doesn't have to be a full-on gym. Again, I'm talking about for the context of people that don't have access to gyms. If you're able to find anything that you can use to pull with resistance, that would be a great uh, start. Now, another thing to help you guys get better with pull-ups is to literally just hang on the pull-up bar. Literally jump onto the bar, hang on for as long as you can. If you feel like you can only hang on for five seconds, that's perfectly fine. Just know that that's your starting point. After you hang on for five seconds, aim for eight seconds, and then aim for 10, etc. All the way until you're really comfortable or you're really strong, your grip has definitely developed, progressed to hold your body weight for 30 seconds, for a minute. And then at that time, pairing that increasing grip strength with all the minor pulling that you've been doing, uh, example, the um, banded pulls, the dumbbell rows, etc. Those will be those will help set you up to do your first pull up. Now, specifically, how to do pull ups? I would recommend this for anyone. Always go for I would say low reps, high sets. This is not a new uh, this is not new advice. This is something that's been promoted for the longest time already. I've been applying this to my clients for the past seven or eight years with much success. I would say a lot of people who came to me to get my coaching, who they were only able to do zero pull-ups at the very start. Now they're able to do what, six to 10 with this setup. Do just low reps, high sets. When I say low reps, I literally mean just probably one to three reps. One is already really good. If you're able to do one rep with some struggle, then that's perfectly fine. Rest for one to three minutes. Be very generous with your rest and then perform another set, another set, probably 10 to 15 sets throughout the day. And then afterwards, you can walk out of the gym or walk out of your workout saying that, hey, I was able to do 10 to 15 pull-ups overall. And then just try to maintain that, uh, try to do it as, as frequent as possible. And then you're going to realize that your pull-up strength has definitely increased. So again, everyone is a starting point. If you feel like at the very beginning, you can't do a single pull-up, that's perfectly fine. Just do the necessary baby steps, which is to do any rowing or any pulling motion that you have access to. And the very important one is to really just grip on the bar. Very, very important. The next exercise that I'd recommend for a lot of teenagers to do would be the push-ups. And what's great about this is because another thing, about, well, because, sorry, <laughs> what's great about the push-up is that now you still don't need to go to the gym because you can do push-ups wherever you are. You can do it on the floor, at your classroom, you can do it at your bedroom, you can do it at your living room. Just make sure that as you guys are doing the push-up, Try to go as low as possible, specifically full range of motion. If you're able to make your chest touch the ground each time, that would be great. 
because a lot of kids looking back, especially back in um, my high school, we had CAT cadet training. I forgot the, what it stands for. And of course, in college, there's something like ROTC. We'd be doing a lot of push-ups there. Um, looking back, I'm the technique was terrible. My classmates, the officers there, to be honest. Um, looking back into it, the, the push-ups were not that clean. And of course, if your technique is not clean, it's not really going to do you any good, right? So what we would want you to do is that if you're strong enough to do push-ups already, make sure that you're going all the way down. Chest toward touching the floor and then press all the way up. If you are not strong enough yet as a teenager to do push-ups, that's perfectly fine. What can you do? Do incline push-ups. Go to any bench, uh, like when I say bench, not bench press, uh, as in go to any bench um, in your house or in the, the bench in your playground, etc. in school. All you have to do is put your hands on that bench and then do push-ups there. If that's too hard for you, then go to a desk. Go to your school desk, do push-ups there. Probably do for anything from like three to six reps or maybe five to 10 reps. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a really strict program. You just have to be very methodical that you are, you have to know that you are doing incline push-ups so that you can do push-ups on the floor because that's another great exercise for you to develop your upper body similar to the pull-ups. Now, a very useful tip that I wish I knew when I was younger is that for your push-ups, pause your reps because a lot of people, a lot of kids, they're so focused on the specific number of reps that they're able to get Example, they, especially back then, they'd be competing. Oh, I can do 20 push-ups. Oh, I can do 30 push-ups. What they would do is just go for half ra half range of motion, and then they just focus on the number. Oh, look, I got 30. But if you're to be very objective about it, it's very half-assed reps. So no matter how many reps you do, make sure that each rep is as clean as can be. Pause your reps at full range of motion. That's a huge thing. And then the last thing is, uh, so again, we, for the three major movements, would be first the pull-up, the uh, push-up. The next one would be just the body weight squat or ideally towards the end, the goblet squat. I want you guys to do the goblet squat with a, with a strict tempo in mind. With our strict, or in other words, a strict negative, or in other words, the going down part of the squat. I want you guys to do it as slow as possible and as deep as possible, especially because as your kids, hopefully your mobility is not limited quite, <laughs> uh, quite much, quite yet. So what we would want is that as you do the goblet squat, take three seconds. doesn't have to be like 10 seconds going down. Take three to five seconds going down per rep, and that's really going to train your legs to have a lot of control. Control, pause, and overall just a good handle of the movements any of these movements will definitely help set you up because again we need you to perform quality reps and when it comes to the squat and it, when it comes to teenagers i believe that if they're able to maintain that three count negative three to five count negative going down definitely their legs are going to get a lot thicker they're going to be a lot more explosive in their sport they're going to be just a lot more like they're going to be way more dominating because if you to look at all of the legs of all the teenagers they're pretty skinny especially if, and of course i'm talking about majority of teenagers wearing of course they're very light they're very frail especially when i was a teenager i, mean, I know there are other people who of course who were on the heavier side 
they and if they're on the heavier side then they do need to have that control because if they're heavy and their legs aren't strong how are they going to support themselves in their sport how are they just or if if even though if they're not in a sport how are they going to support themselves period right so again pull-ups high sets high number of sets very low number of reps that's the best way to go about building your upper body pull for your push-ups um with regards to the number of sets and reps you can play around by it as long as you pause at full range of motion where your chest will touch the ground and then that's when you're able to press and then if you're going to squat or eventually goblet squat wherein you're holding something in front of you um, if you have access to a dumbbell or a kettlebell that'd be great if you have no plates at all or no weight at all you can just get your backpack and hug it in front of you put all your textbooks there and then perform the tempo squat or the tempo goblet squat and i swear just these three exercises done three to five times a week i swear as a teenager your physique will definitely look a lot better and your performance in whatever sport that you are participating in that you are competing in you are going to be a lot more dominating and i wish when i was a teenager i had access to this kind of information because when i was in sports i was very injury prone i get injured all the time even until now in my adulthood so i wish i knew these earlier on in my lifting career because that would have helped me tremendously in my sports when i was in football or in my judo or whatever thing that i wanted to go for i would have done a lot better and of course it, if my physique was better as a teenager as well you know getting more girls <laughs> so i'm just laughing at myself because now i'm married and i'm pretty sure my wife's gonna uh she's not gonna get mad i don't think she's gonna get mad but i wish like if i looked a lot better in high school mm, all the girls i don't know man but anyway <laughs> sorry that's about the three major exercises that i wish or that i want a lot of people teenagers to get into pull-ups push-ups and just the goblet squat just do those and you're set um now on the note that you're a teenager, you're a student, your, tech, your posture is probably terrible because you're forced to sit down uh, six to eight hours a day uh, in school. And then, of course, you're at school. You have to learn, right? Yeah, you don't want to be um, falling behind in your grades, so you really have to study, etc. So that's, I mean, I have nothing against really the school system. The only thing that I'm against is the fact that you're sitting down for way too long. Because of that, your posture is probably terrible. Your shoulders are probably rounded like crazy. Uh, and your hips are going to be tight. A lot of people, because of that issue, I would say, well into their adulthood, their posture, their poor posture as students did carry over until they're working. So to prevent that, just two exercises that I definitely recommend. The dumbbell pullover and the front foot elevated split squat. Now, it's hard for me to demonstrate it. I mean, of course, for the pull-up, push-up, and squat, I don't need to demonstrate it because a lot of people know how they look like already. But if you guys can go, um, while you're listening to this episode, just search already how a dumbbell pullover is meant to be done, how a front foot elevated split squat is meant to be done. Both uh, are strength exercises, but both can be tailored in such a way or adjusted in such a way that it's going to primarily focus on the mobility aspect. 
The reason why I love the dumbbell pullover, if you're gonna be doing this on top uh, with the bench or actually with your, you can do this on your bed or your couch actually. Just lie down, get whatever weight, whether that be a plate, dumbbell, or maybe a heavy science book. Just stretch your arms all the way up past. Okay, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, I guess you have a good idea. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this through Spotify, please just search how a dumbbell pullover uh, should look like if you have no idea how it does look like. So anyway, you're lying down on the bench, whether that be crosswise or lengthwise, you just have to reach as far back or as, as low as you can. So generally speaking, the lower you reach or the lower the weight is to the floor, the better. And when, once you reach that lowest point um, of that range of motion, I want you to get an honest, clean pause, get that full stretch, and then just perform, and then bring it all the way up, and then perform five to 10 reps of that. This is not meant to be done heavy. This is just meant to be done, period, so that you can get that full stretch because it's going to counteract your shoulders from your shoulders near your chest pulling. Uh, it's themselves forward and then this one's gonna force you to get that stretch to make your shoulder your posture a lot more neutral and the next thing would be the um, front foot elevated split squat primarily going to bias hopefully stretching your hips this one I can't really it's hard for me to um, articulate or like talk about but let's let's uh, let's try place one leg one foot on top of a chair and this can actually be done like in school like during recess Place one foot on a chair and then angle your hips towards the chair or lunge your hips towards the chair so that you can really feel the stretch on your hip. So for example, if your right leg is on top of that chair, you should feel a good stretch on your left hip and then vice versa. If your left leg is on top of the chair and then you lunge your hips forward or you bring your hips forward, you should feel the stretch on your right hip. All I'm asking for you guys to do is to do five honest reps per side, get a good stretch for like one to three seconds per rep, and then you should just feel a lot healthier. Pair that, just these two exercises to maintain your mobility, because this is what I'm applying to a lot of the people that I'm coaching right now. This the dumbbell pullover and the front foot elevated split squat, um, or more popularly known now because of Ben Patrick, Coach Ben Patrick, the ATG split squat. I, Definitely love this exercise. Before I found it looking really weird, very unnecessary. But then after I gave it a shot for myself, I felt a lot better. Made my clients try it out. They felt a lot better. So with that alone, I will always try to recommend these two exercises. The dumbbell pullover and the ATG split squat. Or in other words, the front foot elevated split squat. And I guess that's about it. The... Hopefully, of course, actually, you know, thinking about it, because I know teenagers or majority, of course, it's hard for me to generalize. Teenagers, they don't really have the um, the attention span to go for podcasts now. <laughs> and I think this episode's like over 25 minutes already. Um, hopefully, they were able, I think this is a good enough um, length or duration. Hopefully, they found benefit to this. Um, because what I've noticed, more, oh, it's only primarily adults that listen to podcasts. So if you are an adult, well, hopefully you are, who um, knows a teenager who wants to get to, into working out, please do share it with them because this will help set them up. Whenever, of course, I have, I'm coaching a lot of uh, moms and dads or like people who have, you know, like nieces that, you know, are becoming teenagers. They ask for this advice. And this is the advice 
that I give. And that's precisely why I made this episode since it's something that will help set their lives up for the future. Because you want your child or you want um, the teenager that's in your family to you know live a healthier, stronger life. And hopefully they can carry that up um, past until they're like in college already or even past that. And okay, I guess the last piece of advice that I give for teenagers is that I think I've mentioned it in passing. Just just don't rush things primarily and specifically, even though a lot of people might not agree with this, um, but I don't want teenagers to powerlift unless they, example, if they really do want to do powerlifting and if they have a guided coach, if they have somebody to really help them out, powerlifting is a great sport for them. But if you are just doing it on your own, I feel like it's very hard um, to do it properly because there's a lot of technique going about it. Um, example, the bench press. A lot of kids are, um, I guess, because they see it all over online, they want to do the bench press and they get hurt. I'm just speaking, I'm really speaking out of experience because I did the bench press. I got hurt a lot. Was it my technique? I don't think so, but maybe just my shoulders and el- my joints are just really weak in general. Um, that's not a cop out. It's I think I really have some issues that um, even light weights really f my joints up. Eh? But nonetheless, the reason why I wanted to end with this is because I just if you're somebody who just wants to get better at sport or just have better aesthetics, I think the exercises that I listed down will really be helpful. The barbell squat, the barbell bench press, the barbell deadlift are great exercises. But I would only, I can only confidently recommend a teenager to do it is that if they have a coach to, a coach to really help them out. Because if they don't, they're probably going to hurt themselves and it's probably going to limit themselves for the rest of their lives. And that's something that we don't want. We don't want the teenager to get hurt and then they're just, they're just going to not try to get healthier because of the fear of get them getting hurt again and i know people who you know they were scared of the past because they hurt themselves and they're scared to try again so as much as possible we don't want any teenager or anyone to go through that but i guess that's about it i just again if you know anyone who's a teenager who wants to get into working out either just share these share the advice that i shared in this episode to them or if you feel like they're into listening to podcasts might be best if you just share this episode with them because i wish when i was a teenager i really wish i had um more access to um educational podcasts or educational videos like this i really wish i had something like that and that's precisely why i make these videos to help out people um because back then i would have i would have definitely appreciated help like this but anyway that's about it. This was episode 20 of the Foo Show. The best exercises for teenagers or maybe just the best advice for teenagers when it comes to working out. I'll see you guys next week.